Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So today what I would like to do is talk to you about post-operative physical therapy after total knee replacement. This is an extremely important part of obtaining a good outcome. And I stress this with my patients before surgery because I let them know that it really is a team effort, that you may do the best job in the operating room, but if a person doesn't do their physical therapy, the outcome will not be good. And vice versa, that if you do a really crappy job in the operating room, no matter how hard the patient works, it may not work very well at the end of the day. So the important part of physical therapy is to start with understanding your patient. You know, I have very little concerns with my patients that no matter how severe their arthritis is, they're gym rats or they like to play tennis or hike or, you know, they like to travel. They have this motivation and no matter how bad their pain has been, they continue to push they're just doing less or less than what they would like to. Um, those patients that go to the gym, I just have them continue with their regular protocol before surgery. But the ones that really concern me are patients that are you know, very, very limited with regards to any physical activity, and not because of pain, but just because of lack of desire. Um, and the other one are people that are extremely weak or stiff. So someone that comes in with a severely restricted range of motion or so weak that they're in a wheelchair, a power chair, or barely get by with a, a walker, you know, those are patients that always concern me as to how they're going to do after surgery. You know, the the asterisk there is for the, the patient who, you know, is really wants to do more, but their arthritis is the worst of the worst. You know, they sometimes surprise you because even though they may be limited with motion and strength and walking ability, their arthritis is so severe that you fix them and they get up and go and surprise everybody. But the other group of people are the ones that are really concerning. So in those patients, I do really push them to do either home exercises um, or outpatient physical therapy prior. One, to try to improve some strength and improve some range of motion, but also to get them into the understanding and the habit of the importance and the schedule of doing their exercises and their therapy. Um, But when it comes to the post-operative course, I start the discussion before surgery with the patients that their participation is the thing that will make the knee work well. And if they don't do the physical therapy, they will not do well and their knee will not do well and they will be unhappy with the outcome. But I really, really stress that that phase is an early phase. You know, I really stress the first six to 10 weeks is the key for obtaining a good outcome. And if they wait, that they're going to be stuck and unhappy the rest of their life. And this really comes into three main components. So number one is motion. Early range of motion is key. You know, I let my patients know that if you're weak, we can always make you stronger later, you know, and and strength is number two. Number three is endurance. And again, if someone lacks endurance or stamina, you can always develop that later over time. But if somebody does not obtain early motion, they're never going to get it. And I let people know that this is those things in life where you get one chance. There are no do-overs. 
And the reason that I stress this to my patients is that I see a lot of second opinions and I see a lot of patients that are stiff and in pain and unhappy. They're a year or two out. You know, and 99% of the time, technically the knee was executed well. It's sized appropriately. The alignment's good. The joint line's restored. But they didn't do physical therapy. And when I talk to patients, it's usually a combination of it was hard or it was painful and they just had trouble doing it. And now they're at a point where they're stiff and they're in pain and their doctor has basically said there's nothing more that they can do and they're searching for answers. And I have this long discussion with them. And at the end, they always look me in the eye and and kind of say, you know, kind of tearfully like, you know, oh, I didn't know. And And if I knew... I would have worked harder. And if I knew that I had one chance, I would have pushed through the pain. I would have done it. So when I see those people, I really stress to my patients that I understand it's going to hurt and it will be painful and it will be hard, but this is that one chance. And if they do it, they will get it and they will be happy. But the importance is getting early range of motion. Um, And I really focus on the two main aspects of that is extension and flexion. And I really start with this middle of the road philosophy where everybody's going to start with 50% exercises on flexion and 50% of their exercises on extension. And if you're getting your extension early and easy, great. You know, only spend 40 or 30% of your time on the extension and now focus more time and effort on the flexion or vice versa. You know, I, I typically see, you know, people that either come in, they're really straight, but they're struggling with flexion or people that get the flexion and they're struggling with straightening. But because we're human, you know, the mind tells you to keep doing what's easy. You know, so if extension's easy, people keep working on the extension and the flexion's harder. So they avoid it because it's hard. But they have to understand that you got to work on what's hard and then you'll get the motion. And I let them know that once you get the motion, you're going to keep it. Um, And I set some guidelines. So when they leave the hospital, knee should be bent at 90 and at two weeks, 100 and at four weeks, 110, and at six weeks, 120. And anything less than that, I tell them they're behind the eight ball. So it sets a goal. It sets a standard. And like you've heard me talk about before, I also give my patients a photograph. So at the end of surgery, I bend the knee up, I take a picture, and I give that to them to let them know that when they bend their knee, and it hurts, and it's painful, that they're not breaking anything, they're not doing any damage, and that lets them push a little bit harder. As far as extension, you know, I really try to, you know, give them the goal of you're trying to get straight by four weeks. You know, that's really the goal and the expectation, and that comes in one of two ways. It's, you know, passive extension, you know, because commonly I'll see people at a month that passively are in extension. Great, they got it, but they have an extensor lag because they're weak. That's a number two problem. That's strengthening and specifically the VMO. So we can work on that quad strengthening and terminal extension in the next few weeks. But if they have a flexion contracture at six weeks, it's going to be really hard to get that knee straight. Um, So extension and flexion. And while I'm talking to patients, you know, sometimes you see the eyes get really big and I, I let them know that, yes, we talk a lot about therapy and yes, it sounds overwhelming, but don't go bonkers because essentially your knee does two things, you know, from the patient's perspective, your knee straightens and bends. It's not super complicated. You know, we understand that there's a lot more complexity to that joint, but for patients, they're working on straightening and bending. And I let them know that the exercises I give them or the exercises the therapist gives them or the exercises they see online um, through our on-app program um, are all either sitting, standing, or lying down, a straightening or bending exercise. So as long as they work on the bending and the straightening, they will see improvements in motion, 
and they will see improvements um, in their pain as the motion gets better. Now, the next thing is we work on the strengthening. And again, it really depends on the patient. You know, some patients are strong coming in. So this is really easy and you might move a little faster, you know, but the straight leg raise is an excellent, simple exercise that you can do. I'm not a huge fan of squats and lunges. Sometimes therapists try to take the younger active patients and do this mostly because I see a lot of patients do those and have pain or they're doing them incorrectly and it causes problems. So I don't typically recommend those. Wall slides are great, you know, to build up some isometrics, um, but I try to get people engaged in doing things that they do on a regular basis. So with stairs, you know, working on stair climbing as a therapy modality to build strength up and practice, you know, one step up and down, one step up and down with one leg. So it's essentially like doing, you know, a squat, but you're going up and down, but you're practicing one leg for 10 reps. And it's things that they can do at home because if they have stairs and a railing, they have the equipment that they need. If you have specific areas where they're weak with their hamstrings or their quad, you know, then you can direct different exercises to strengthen it. But, you know, walking, the stairs, straight leg raise, most simple exercises to do. Now, for patients that have issues with quad weakness and terminal extension, you know, the exercise I find is best is the terminal extension exercise where you just have them roll up a big towel at home and tape it or tie it and just, you know, leave one in the bedroom, one on the sofa. And this way they're doing reps throughout the day because what I found is that patients do better and gain more strength quicker, faster by doing these multiple short reps throughout the day as opposed to a half hour of exercise, two hours of rest. You know, I sometimes will focus on a weakness like extension or flexion or, or strength weakness in one hour, every hour on the hour while they're awake, you know, give me 10 reps. Um, so this way, in addition to their other therapy, they're getting 10 reps in here, 10 reps in there, and it helps build up that strength and endurance and it prevents them from sitting and being sedentary for any extended period of time. Um, the next thing with therapy is a bike. I'm a huge fan of the stationary bike um, or the pedal machine for active individuals that bike a lot. If they have a trainer, they can use their regular bike, but I have them use it for two main reasons. You know, one, the mobility is just using the knee and spinning on the bike. No resistance. I tell them this isn't to work up a sweat and work out hard for a half hour. This is to keep the knee moving. I'll have them get on the bike for five minutes, three times a day. The first week that they're home from physical therapy, or the first first week that they're home from surgery, um, and that it loosens up the knee. But the other thing that I find to be really helpful with the bike is a way to work on flexion. So this is sit on bike, recumbent bike. You get on, you pedal, 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 just loosening up the knee. You get off and you move the seat one click closer to the pedals, get back on, pedal, pedal, pedal. Because now they have more flexion. You know, you don't have to measure it with a goniometer. They just know that I started with the seat height at number 20 and now I'm at 19. Great, get off, drop it to 18, drop it to 17. You know, now they get to 16 and they can't get all the way around, but they can actually just go back and forth and back and forth. So it gives them a point of what they're aiming for. So tomorrow they start again at 20 and they move down. Now they can get to 15. So it gives them this goal and this motivation that they're getting more range of motion and more flexion by using that bike. Um, so these are all really, really you know, important little modalities to make sure that patients can get motivated but understand the importance of not focusing on the strengthening because if the bending and straightening is hard, but the straight leg raises are easy. They might do 500 straight leg raises, and that's great. They're super strong, but they can't bend or straighten their knee. 
Um, now, and you've heard me talk about it um, before, but you know, my, my flexion extension exercises, um, these are the two simple exercises. And I actually, not only in the office, but post-op day one, in the patient's room, I will sit down once again and go over these two exercises with them. And this is a straightening exercise and a bending exercise. And I have them do this breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So this is sitting in a chair after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They will take their operative heel of that leg and put it up on another chair. And usually because the knee's swollen and tight, it'll be bent at, say, five or eight degrees. And now they're going to do this exercise where you fire your quad which will relax the hamstring. And then with your hands on top of your quad around the region of the quad tendon, push down with about two pounds of pressure. And I, re- I show them this actual exercise in the office. I usually have my foot on the end of their bed and I'm sitting in the chair next to them. And I push down, hold it 10 seconds, and then relax. And then do it a second time. Push down with your quad, add the strength of your hands, hold it 10 seconds, relax. I have them do this six times. So each one you hold for 10 seconds, six reps, one minute. The second exercise is a bending exercise. So they're sitting in the chair and I kind of turn so I'm facing sideways. And usually your foot's out so the knee's only bent to like 70 degrees because first thing in the morning it's stiff. And I show them this is all based on a one-inch movement. So you take your heel and you slide your heel back an inch, hold it there, slide your butt forward an inch on the chair, hold it there for 10 seconds. Then slide your butt back an inch. Now slide your heel back another inch. Now slide your butt forward an inch. Hold it there for 10 seconds. Then slide your butt back. Now slide your heel back. Scoot forward another inch with your butt. It hurts, so I'll show them. You know, you'll lean away and try to lift your butt cheek up, which unbends the knee. But I tell them, really important to sit flat. Hold it 10 seconds, repeat. And usually on the fifth or sixth one, they may not have the ability to move their operative leg so they can take their other good leg, put their heel in front of their ankle, and slide it back. And I let my patients know I want them doing this every breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's six minutes a day. But if I have somebody that's running into trouble, then I'll tell them every hour while you're awake, set an alarm clock, set your phone, set your watch. If you have a grandfather clock that chimes and you're going to sit in a chair and you're going to do this exercise and that will allow them to achieve early range of motion because if they're just doing the exercises actively, a lot of times due to pressure, pain, weakness, you know, you're ranging from 10 to say 85 but we want to stretch this to full extension and do 120 degrees of flexion or more. So by doing this little exercise, in addition to their therapy, they get more flexibility, more range of motion, which in my opinion and in my um, experience results in less pain and a better outcome and a shorter recovery. So, you know, just some tidbits, things that you can share with your patients. Um, I really, really encourage you to really sit at the bedside you know, not just look at the wound, change the dressing and, you know, say, you know, go home and do your therapy, but really invest the time and their interest will, I think, peak when you show them these exercises and really take the time to walk them through it. Um, And that will aid in their recovery and more importantly, aid in a better outcome because they're going to get earlier range of motion. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.